This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Now, I'm not starting a new series, and I told you, I've told you in time past, and I'll tell you again, it's not very often that we teach one subject, but last week we did, and this week, I'm just, because God is dealing with me about the church as a whole, preparation of course, and different things that we must talk about to get uh, that has to do with preparation that we must do and we must have in place before we go on teaching in series for so you to line upon line, precept upon precept, and you stacking all of this knowledge. But it's some things that you that must be in place so that you can be successful in his next move, so that you can be used in his next move, so that you can be prepared. So in my time of meditation with the Lord and speaking to the Lord and 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 getting directed by the Lord, then he took me to a place and he began to dissect and he said, this is what they need right now and must be in place right now so that they can be victorious. And show, I want to show them why they haven't been victorious. I've dealt with this before. Uh, he's coming from another angle. And he wants you to know exactly where he's coming from and want you to submit fully. Conform completely and listen attentively, very attentively. I'm going to take my time because I want you to listen attentively. Because this particular subject has been taught or have been exhibited so wrong in the body of Christ, people have gotten it wrong. So I think I want to title this, this one message, The Mystery of Jubilee. Because we got the Jubilee all wrong. And we need to understand about Jubilee. And so, to the best of my ability, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to make it simple and plain today and show you where it's going to play a part in our preparation and what God is speaking to our hearts. Amen. And now, in this particular teaching, I want you to know, I'll be teaching out of the Old Testament and I will run into the New Testament. I have to do that. The reason is this, is this for this reason. And some, things, some of you may know and some of you may not. One of the things that our founding pastor really, really loved, and I'm learning to really, really love, to, and I've always dubbed in and out, but Pastor Hill loved the Old Testament. He loved, and he, I mean, he would just study the Old Testament just for itself, not even for teaching as much as, as he would, because he knew what his assignment was in laying the foundation. But one thing about it, I'm really, I really enjoy the Old Testament for the simple fact that it's not, it's prophetic. But not only is it prophetic, it's also shadows and types. And it's all of it points somewhere. And so when you read it, that's the way you should read it in light of because it's all about prophetic as well as types and shadows of things to come. And so with that, it makes it very interesting, uh, interesting read and an interesting study. And by the Spirit of the Holy One, I believe that God is going to unveil some prophetic things to us and give us some insight of some things to come when we grab a hold of this truth 
about Jubilee. If you will, let's go to Leviticus chapter 25. Go there for a second. In that, again, I love the Old Testament. The Bible says, and this is another reason why I love it, because the Bible says a good scribe, and I said a good scribe, treasures out of the old and the new. They treasure out of the old and the new. And if you haven't, you know, if you, if you haven't, you need to take time and spend some time in the Old Testament. It'll help you to understand the new. Did you hear me? If you spend time in the Old Testament, it'll help you understand a lot about the New Testament. It'll make you understand it even the more. So, in Leviticus chapter uh, 25. Now, first, before we get started, I want you to write down 7 times 7 on your notes. Just write that down. I just want you to do that. And the number 50. I want you to write 7 times 7, and I want you also to write the number 50. Now, I want to to read in Leviticus chapter 25, beginning at verse 8. And it reads, And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years. And the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventeenth month. In the day of atonement shall shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all, all your land. And ye shall hallowed the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possessions, and ye shall return every man unto his family. Now, I'm again, the mysteries are understanding the mysteries of jubilee. It is imperative that we at Church of the Living Water understand this in these perilous times. And for God's next move, we must understand what Jubilee is. We must operate according to God's word about Jubilee. Now, I'm not going to take for granted that everyone knows what Jubilee is or think they know what Jubilee is. You know, now, listen to me closely. Again, I say I love the Old Testament because it's going to tell you, it's going to not only be prophetic, it's going to show you, give you a shadow, a shadow or a type or of things to come. Now, when I say a shadow, can't take for granted that you know that it means just like a shadow on the floor. You see the shadow right there. Now, that shadow is not me, but it's a shadow of me. I'm me, but it's a shadow. So it's not the real thing, but it's a shadow showing you what is to come. Are you following me? Now, first thing you need to know about Jubilee, Jubilee was a feast that started after, listen, started after every seven, remember you wrote down seven times seven, every time, every seven sabbatical years. I'll say it again. 
is very important. Now you can't, you can't get, because I'm not talking about your finances right now, talking about your marriage problem, you can't get bored with this. Because remember, it's showing you a shadow of something. So you got to make sure that you are paying attention and that you're on this. Don't get bored with it. Now, the Jubilee was a feast that started after every seven sabbatical years, which was seven times seven, which was 49 years. Listen, and it was also inaugurated by the 50th, every 50th year. So I told you to write down 50. And it was inaugurated in the 50th year. And when, and when the 50th year came, there was a blasting of the trumpet throughout all the land. And it sounded on the tenth day of the seventh month, and that was the day of atonement. Stay with me. Stay with me. Now, the day of atonement. That was the day that the high priest would go into the holies of holies. Now, we've, now we that belong to Church of Living Water, we've heard teachings of this before. We, we should be able to follow this. And he would make atonement not only for himself, but for all of Israel. And these priests, they couldn't continue in that office of high priest to go and make atonement for the people and itself forever because of death. They would die. So they, so every time they died, someone else would become priest and they'd do the same thing. But it wouldn't last only, it would last only up until they died and then another one. But we have Jesus Christ who lives forever, who is our high priest. And who have now been consecrated forever after the order of Melchizedek. We've already read about that. So he lives forever. Forever to what? To make reconciliation and intercession for the people of God. That's what Jesus is doing right now. He's forever our high priest. He's our high priest right now. As long as we're on earth, he is our high priest. Making intercession, making reconciliation for us. Now again, Jubilee was a time that took place after every seven sabbatical years. And on the 50th, there goes the sound. When it was inaugurated, on the 50th sound, the trumpet would sound. And would go throughout the whole land. Listen, listen closely. And it was greatly, greatly appreciated by Israel when that happened. Because it only took place every 50th year. It wasn't every year. It was every 50 years. So when it happened, that w- they were greatly excited. They loved it. They were like, oh my God, we, it's, it's time. Because something happened in that time. It, when, in the 50th year, when the trumpet was sound throughout the whole land, it was time of the Lord's release. It was the Lord's release. It was a time of liberty for the people. It also was a time for sabbatical rest of the land. There was no plowing and planting and all of those things because it was a time of rest even for the land. Jubilee was a time where all of indentured servants, listen, indentured servants were allowed and free to go back home. Pay attention. Listen attentively. Now, when I say an indentured servant, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about slavery like we know it. I'm not talking about slavery like that. These people are, are who hired themselves out 
to do work to live a better life. Did you hear me? And so they would, they would stay within that house and they would provide and they would do, they would work for the master, but that was to have a better life. But at that time, but during the time of Jubilee, they were allowed to go back home, to their homes. Now, when, during the, all the, all the time when they worked there, they lived there. They were their servants there. Because that, that was it. Whatever they would get paid, whatever they, they would send it home, but they had to stay there. Except, when Jubilee, when everything gets reconciled, everything is all being restored. So they were allowed to go back. And again, I want you to understand, don't think of them as slaves like you, and uh, like in our country. Okay? These people worked for a living in people's homes. Amen? But again, in the time of Jubilee, they were... They were able to go back home uh, to their homes, and you know, and it was a time in in the time of jubilee, mortgages. They were free from mortgages. Wow, that was good. They were free from mortgages, and those mortgages would be go back to the rightful owner. The land that, you know, the land that they received when they went over and across into the land of Canaan for their possession, all of that would go back in that 50th year. Everything would go back to the, the original owner. Now, out of all of that, because when they went across of Canaan, everybody, every tribe, because remember there's 12 tribes. And all of the tribe, every one of the tribes that went over, they had an inheritance except one. They had 11 tribes that had inheritance, but one tribe didn't, and that was the Levitical tribe. They didn't have an inheritance. They were in the house of God, but all of the other ones had. So everybody else would, could go back their, their, to the, the homes. They were given back to people, to their owners, and those type of things. Now, those that was a part of the Le- Levitical priesthood, now, they did not be, a, they didn't have what the other 11 tribes had. They had what you call um, sleds of suburbia. That's where they live. Sleds of suburbia. That's where we get suburbians from, or living in the suburbs. And see, the Levitical, the, the Levites, they lived in what you would call the suburbs because they didn't live with the common people. So they had an area that they lived in. Because, see, they didn't live with all the other tribes because they weren't given that land. Very important that you know that. You might be like, what does this have to do with anything? That's because you're not a student of the Bible and you don't see the importance of it. But you will if you just sit there and be still. Amen? So that the the, the Levitical priesthood, they had, they would, they had the sleds of... Uh, suburbia, that's where they live. So, Jubilee come in, and now again, that was a time, again, for indentured slaves. They were able to get, be free. Mortgages was returned to their rightful owner. And also, the, uh, I love this, the reason why the land had to be returned to the rightful owner, the land, see, all of that was returned back to the, wrong, the, the owners. And the reason why is because the Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The land was not able to be sold because it belonged to the Lord. Remember, we're not living in the United States. We're not talking about 
this culture. It belonged to the Lord himself. Also in that time, if you had any debt that was owed, it was canceled. Now that was enough to make everybody in the city happy. It's like, oh God, I can't wait for, oh Lord, oh Lord, I might die before the 50. But when they heard the trumpet, everybody went wild because everything was canceled. Can you imagine the excitement that went on there that, that took place at the time that they heard the trumpet and what happened? You know, what happened? Every 49 years, and we was hollowed with the 50th year. Can you, I could see that. I can see that plainly. I would be going off. You would be going off. If everything, when you hear the trumpet throughout the land, you just like, I am free of every debt. Every, I am totally, totally free. Now, keep in the forefront of your mind, types and shadows. Types and shadows. Keep it in the forefront of your mind. Now, again... Imagining that the trumpet is going out throughout all the land, everyone excited. They knew once the trumpet came, they heard the trumpet, they knew it was a time of liberation. They also knew that it was a time of restitution of all things. They understood that. They knew that. Now remember I said the Old Testament is not only prophetic, but it is also a shadow of things to come. I'm going to keep saying that. Now in this time of Jubilee, with the restoration of all things, we have to understand everything that was happening in Israel at that time is pointing to Christ. And you need to think of it while I'm teaching it. Everything is pointing to Christ. You got to know that. Very important. Now go with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I want you to get this because God is about to tell us something that we have to do. <clears throat> Are you there? Now in Acts, this was a time of, again, it's a time of total debt release. Jubilee. People were free from all debts. They could, all, listen, they were free from all debts that they could not pay. They were free from all debts that they could not pay. So, think about it. How exciting those days were. Debts they could not pay. Being freed from all of that. Free from owing anybody anything. Mortgages reversed. Some of you say, "Woo! Hallelujah, God's going to reverse my mortgage. See, that's wrong teaching. That's what I want you to sit down and be still about. That's what you've been hurt. But this is this this God is going to clarify right now for you. Debt, all debt, cancel. People able to go back to their lands and properties that they've been away from. They received after crossing over the of the land of Canaan. They were able to go back. All of that is an exciting time. All of that is. Oh my God, I'm going back and see my family that I haven't seen in a while. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen in some years. 
because I live in this land and I'm, be, I'm, I'm busy sending the earnings home, but I have to stay here because I have, I have rendered myself out to be a slave here in order to have a better life. Are you with me? Are you in uh, Acts chapter 3? Beginning at verse 20. And it says, And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens might receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God had spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets, prophets since the world began. Listen, he's, he, all of its types and shadows. That's what it's all showing that. The release of debt, the release of total restoration, everything clear, everything taken off of your debt. Now go to Matthew chapter, uh, go to Matthew chapter 18. I want to get this under your belt. Now remember I told you to write down seven times seven and the number 50. Now by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to try to make this make sense to you. I want it to make sense to you. Now, everybody say debt cancellation. Say it again, debt cancellation. Because you've used it before, oh, oh, God, oh, I want debt cancellation. You've heard it preached before, debt cancellation. But I'm telling you to just say it now so you can get a feel of what, what God is about to say. Everybody say it again, debt cancellation. Now, again... When you say debt cancellation to you, when you say it to yourself, we, we, you have to think of debt that you're unable to pay. Debt that you're unable to pay. Now, listen. So we can kill all of this theory of people that have a whole bunch of debt and they think God is going to erase it. If you made it, God say pay it. This does not apply. God is not going to cancel any debt you made. God is not canceling Dillard's, TJ Maxx, the car place, your mark, none of that. Types and shadows. You're not an Israelite and you're not back in that time. There's no such thing as God canceling the debt that you made. Follow me and we'll see. I know, I know some of you, you hate to hear that. You, you know, some of you might have looked and said, ooh, they're going to talk about debt canceling. Ooh, Lord, I really need to hear that because I need my debt canceling. No, no, see, no. This ministry is going to teach truth. And you might not like it, but it's going to be truth. And too bad you already started listening, so you're going to get truth. So I'm not going to give you something to get you hyped up that's not going to happen. You're just going to get bad credit trying to wait on debt cancellation. Because that's not going to happen. Amen? Now, listen, to listen. I'm going to make it make sense. When I say debt cancellation, you are, uh, uh, we have debt that you're unable to pay. And I want to show you how Jubilee was completed. Already completed. Everybody say completed. Jubilee has already been completed. It was completed at the cross. It's completed. It's done with. It's over. It's done with. Everything is done with. It was completed at the cross. Don't let nobody get you in no... Don't be deceived. Are you in Matthew chapter 18? 
beginning at verse 21. Then said, then came Peter. Now this is where it's when it's, it's, it's the rubber is going to hit the road, meet the road. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Maybe seven times. And Jesus said unto him, I didn't say that to you. See, I'm just going to do it in layman's turn. I know you got your King James, but I, I think you can get it better. In it won't change the scripture. He said, I didn't say that to you seven times, but I'm saying until 70 Times seven. Therefore, and, and this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus always took an opportunity to teach when you got dumb. When you tried, when you tried to make the scripture say something that it didn't. Or when you tried to make yourself look spiritual and say something that was all out of the way that he didn't say. See, those type of things like seven times seven, as if I'm telling you what it should be, God. See, that's the thing. We try to tell God what we want. See, that's when you get that, uh, that all of that oh uh, uh, unmet expectation that He didn't promise, and then you don't, it don't happen, and then you say God's not true. No, He never said it. I love Jesus. He said, "No, I didn't say any of that, but I'm telling you." Until 70 times 7. Then he had an opportunity to teach. He said, therefore, is the kingdom of heaven. Now, first of all, what he's about to tell you is just what the kingdom is like. Okay? So when he says, the Lord, don't think he's saying this is what the Lord does. Again, types and shadows. But he said, now, this is what the kingdom is like. Watch him, watch him bring him, he gonna bring him right back into Jubilee. Listen. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven. Likened unto a certain king. Something like that. Which would take account of his servants. Somebody high up. That had everything. That did everything. You know, the whole nation is mine. And then he's like, I'm gonna take account of my servants. And he had begun to reckon one had brought, uh, what one had brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. So one of the servants, this is what the kingdom is like. 10,000 talents, owed 10,000 talents to the king. But for as much as he had not to pay, he didn't have it to pay, his Lord commanded him, well, let him be sold. Now look what he said be sold. His wife, his children, and all that he had and payment be made. That means, that was some pretty large debt. If your children, your wife, everything you have, you, everything got to go. In other words, I'll, I'll come back to that. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying, Lord... Have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant, this is what the kingdom is like, was moved with compassion and loosed him 
and forgave him the debt. Now, let's just stop right there. First of all, he already know with you already know it's a big debt. He say, get the wife done, the children, everything he had. That's a big debt. Ten thousand talents. That's a big debt. And I'm gonna tell you what it's equivalent to. But all of that's a big debt. Meaning that without the king or the Lord having compassion, you being born, everything from every generation will die. Your children, your grandchildren, everything. Because you have to pay this debt. But he had compassion. I love that. Verse 28. Now here we go. This is what the kingdom is like. Now that same servant went out excited. I've been made free. I'm good. I'm saved. I got it. I'm free. I'm, you know, 10,000, 10,000 talents. I am free. So he went out and found of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, I'll pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had, was done, they were very sorry. See, people was watching this happen. They were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. I forgave thee all thy debt, that debt, because thou desirest it, desirest me. Did you hear me? I forgave your debt because you desired me. Shouldest not thou also have the compassion on a fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him into the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your heart forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Now listen to me closely. See, this is where we begin. This is where God is going to make everything plain. We see here Jesus is pointing everything back to Jubilee. He was explaining to Peter that he wanted, all he was saying here is that he wanted a perpetual Jubilee. A perpetual, perpetual means a continual Jubilee of times of forgiveness. A continual. And he said, I want a continual forgiveness amongst my people at all times. Continually, seven times seven, jubilee, seventy times seven, and he and and and, and we can, we can look at how God we're going to see how God look at people that won't forgive those 
or free a person of their debt. Those that are unwilling to forgive their brother or their sister. He said, I did all of that, forgave you, and then you want to go out and not forgive. And not forgive. And see, I love reading that whole thing because it tells you everything that he's doing. Now notice that was a debt that was unable, that, that, that 10,000 talent, it was a debt that was unable to, for this servant to pay. Now let's compare the talents. Let's compare the talents. I did a little research on it. 10,000 talents at this time in Israel was like 400, about 400 billion dollars. In U.S. dollars, it was 2 billion, 250 million dollars. No wonder he said your children, your wife, everything you have, because this is a big debt you have. And you saying you're going to pay, you can't pay. Two hundred and fifty, um, two hundred. Let's I'm going to talk U.S. dollars because in Belgium it was four and a half billion, but in just thinking in U.S. terms, it was two. Uh, it was worth two billion two hundred and fifty million U.S. dollars. That 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 certainly that he released him from. He didn't say you can pay me later. He didn't say you can put it on contract and you can pay installments. He relieved him of the debt. Jubilee. He canceled the debt and let him go. And let him go free. But that same servant that was unwilling to release to the other fellow servant the debt of a hundred pence a hundred pence, if you look it up, today is worth one dollar and twenty-nine cents. One dollar and twenty-nine cents. <laughs> and he was like, like he just totally dumbfounded. You just got released and he owed you one dollar and twenty-nine cents. This is why God is telling us we don't have a right to hold unforgiveness towards anyone. Not anyone. Peter asked, how many times must I forgive? Seven times seven? Uh-uh. Seventy times seven. Always pointing us back to Jubilee, the time of total relief. Basically, God was telling him that. He was saying, 70 times 7, because I don't, I want it continual. And this is what, now don't forget, he said 70 times 7 in a day. In a day. That means continual. You should always be able to forgive. That's called Jubilee, a time of Total release. Think about what God done when he released us from the debt. <laughs> a debt that was impossible for us to pay. 
What could you have done to, to, to go to heaven? What could you have done to live in eternity after you were already in sin? Oh, you probably would try to be just like this man and say, Oh, I will. I'll get right one day. Like he said, I'll pay it. You can't. I don't want to go to church now because I need to get right. You can't. That's a debt you can't pay. <laughs> Impossible for us to pay. That's the reason why it's so, so very important in this next move of God in preparation and for Church of Living Water to understand and to know we must forgive one another. God wants perpetual jubilee among His people. Perpetually. I don't care what they've done. God says, I won't. He said, how are you going to stand up there and not forgive after the big debt you, you owed me? <laughs> Two billion, four hundred million, and they did something. They looked at you wrong and you don't want to forgive them. You did a dollar twenty-nine. They did a dollar twenty-nine, and you want to hold it against them, you wicked servant, you wicked thing, you, you wicked for that. Now remember, the Bible said every seven sabbatical years, seven times seven, forty-nine years. Inaugurated on the 50th year by the sounding of the prophet. Liberty throughout the land. Listen. After Jesus died on the cross and set us free from debt. A debt we could not pay. There was nothing that we could do to pay the sin debt. Nothing. Jubilee represents prophetically the sin debt being canceled. That's all that jubilee means to the believer today. It doesn't mean he's going to cancel your credit cards. It means that your sin debt has been canceled. Know that. I want you to get that out of your head about, you know what, God's going to cancel my debt. Get it out of you. I don't care. I, I don't care who your pastor is. I don't care if it's bishop, doctor, or whoever. You are being deceived. They are deceiving and you are being deceived. Are they just in error? But that's wrong doctrine. That's wrong. Listen, notice. Notice after the death of the cross. The disciples were told, remember, they were told to go and wait in Jerusalem until they be endowed with power. Notice what year it fell on. Go back and study it. The 50th year. I know. You have to get excited about it, but you've got to study it out. The 50th year. I'm like, God, now just how good are you? Types and shadows laid out for you. You can see it plainly. <laughs> Look at God. 50th year. The, listen, in the 50th year, guess what happened? The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. The 50th year 
Oh, Lord. You know what? I did a jig in my bedroom. Because it's reality. It's simplicity. So what am I saying? After the debt of sin was paid, taken out of, you know, this is what happened. After it was paid, here comes the outpouring of the Spirit. Here comes the outpouring of the Spirit on that 50th year. Here comes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm, mm, mm. After the release of the debt. It couldn't come before. This is a reason why many people and many believers and many at Church of the Living Water are not receiving from God because of unforgiveness. You are not allowing, not allowing a perpetual jubilee to be among us. I don't care what happened in a congregation. I don't care what happened with people. I don't care if people have disappointed you. I don't care if you thought this and it didn't happen. You have no right. Your debt has been paid for. That dollar twenty-nine bonded you in and tried to hold someone captive and hostage with it and don't want to forgive is not of God. Jubilee amongst God's people. And I like what God called the servant that wouldn't forgive. He said, you are, you wicked servant. Called him a wicked servant. So that goes to show you, you could be in the kingdom of God and be a wicked servant. He didn't say, you are wicked thug heathen. You are wicked sinner. He said, you are a wicked servant. He said, you asked me to forgive you, but you are unwilling to give, forgive your fellow servant. The servant that owed four billion was not able and wanted to hold his brother in bondage for a dollar twenty-nine. And God is telling us today, you owe me much more than that. The 400 billion, you owe me much more than that. And for you to try to hold your brother or your sister hostage. God is saying for some of you today, you need to go and make some things right with your brother and sister in the Lord. Because he desires perpetual jubilee. Types and shadows. Don't try to go and live in the shadow because it's not the real thing. It was pointing us to Christ. Don't try to live in getting debt cancellation. Pay your bills. You made them evidently. You thought you could pay them. You better work until you do. Oh, go with me right quick to Mark chapter 11. 
Turn over. You know, this favorite scripture that everybody uses and they always want to forget certain verses of it. I like what God, what, 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 what Jesus said about it. In Mark 11, verse 24, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. That's where most people want to stop. And God said, oh, you wicked servant, keep reading. There's a prerequisite for that. For 23 and 24, the prerequisite is 25 and 26. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have all against any, and your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. I believe so many people take that particular scripture real light. Very lightly. I can do what I want to. I, I know what it says, but who can forgive that? You can. Listen, if you don't want to forgive somebody for something they've done to you, what you're telling God is, God, listen. What you did for, the, the, the value of what you did for me is not greater than mine. To keep this person in bondage. That's basically what you're saying. When you don't forgive, is the value of what this person owes me is greater than what you did for me. That's what you're telling him. Now you might not verbalize it, but that's what he hears. What this person did to me is greater than your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's greater than me to, stand, to to be in right standing with you, for me to just hold them in hostage and hold them in bondage. It's greater. If right now is someone that you haven't forgiven, you are telling God, God, them. Not receiving, not receiving apologies from them, not believing, not, not forgiving them is greater than what you've done. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's basically saying that. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 32, write it down. It says, be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake forgave you. Has forgiven you. He said, now, for no, if no other reason, just the fact that God forgave me, I'm going to forgive you. Tenderhearted towards another. Be merciful. Be compassionate. It doesn't matter. Be that way towards one another. No matter the situation, be that way. God is expecting. God is expecting a perpetual Jubilee among his people. He expects that. You don't know what they did. God knows. I don't need to know and nobody else needs to know. Let me give you something else as it relates to Jubilee so you'll understand it. If you read throughout the Old Testament, even after Israel was freed from the Babylonian captivity. I searched it. I searched it. I sought it out. I found no place 
in the New Testament where they practiced it. I started tripping on that. I said, I must be missing it somewhere. Where they practiced Jubilee. But God sanctioned it. God told them to do it. Now if you find it, let me know. I have looked and searched. I looked and searched in the Old Testament. I'm like, I don't see where the practice of it was. Ain't nothing new under the sun. And I'm asking God, well, what does that mean, God? Because I see where you, where, where you told them to do that. You told them about Jubilee. You told them about the sabbatical, the seven times seven. You told them all of that. And I said, God, how? How? You told them to do it. And God spoke to my heart. He said, I'm showing you the heart of man. Ooh. Ooh. Showing you how men are not willing to forgive. Through all of this. They didn't practice it because they weren't willing to forgive. You all don't want to practice it and perpetually do jubilee and forgive because we're not willing to. And I want to say this. Until you learn how to forgive, you need to stay out of God's face. Did you hear me? Until you learn how to forgive, you need to stay out of God's face. I'm telling you. And even, let's take it a step further. Not only stay out of His face, you better be careful. Don't trespass and expect God to forgive you. Because didn't we just read? He said, if you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive you. So you trespass, I don't care how much you say God forgive, you got all of that in you, you're not going to be forgiven. According to the scriptures. The Bible says that the husband, men that labors, should be the first partakers of the fruit. In other words, in layman's turn, practice what you preach. Practice what you say. <laughs> if anybody wronged you, well, you know what? I'll be the first. I'll be the first. I want you to know, if I have wronged you, anybody out there, in any way, I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you for forgiveness. In any way, if I've wronged you, I openly, before everyone, everyone that streams after this, everyone now, I ask you to forgive me. Listen, and I want you to know if you've done anything to wrong me, you're forgiven, you're free. I'm telling you openly, you are free. You know why? I don't want anything to stand between me and God. Nothing. I can do this. I can, I don't want anything to break my relationship with God. I don't want anything after what He's forgiven me of and I have the audacity to hold you in bondage. No way. I'm not gonna, I'm not getting, I'm not gonna distort my relationship with God behind a dollar and twenty nine cents. 
Because that's how much whatever you said, did, or whatever, that's about what it mounts up to. It's not worth it. I want my relationship between God. And guess what? All of this is a condition of the heart. It's a condition of the heart because, see, this is easier said than done. So this has to be a condition of the heart. Oh, yeah. Do it now. Do it now. Some of you... You have stopped talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. You need to make that right. Perpetual Jubilee! You got a brother and sister you had odds with in the body of Christ? I challenge you. Make it good. Let God know this thing is not greater than what you've done for me. I won't keep them in that kind of bondage. Hey, we don't talk anymore. Well, you talk. I challenge you. Some of you that's even on Facebook, you have blocked a brother, a sister in Christ. I'm talking about a brother or sister in Christ. You need to go to your settings. See, all of that has to break down. I perpetually want to do the will of God and let it be perpetual jubilee amongst His people. See, right here, among everybody, all of us, we're a family. I'm tired of talking about we're a family, but you can't, you're not acting like a family. Now, see, when I say family, I'm not talking about families on this earth. There's always some bondage in there. I'm talking about a heavenly family. There's none of that going on in heaven. I know sometimes it's easier said than done. But you need to do it. Don't wait until tomorrow. The Bible says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Don't wait to make things right. Do it now. I'm going to tell you what you'll experience. You'll, you'll, You'll receive and experience the joy of the Lord and liberty. And liberty and a jubilee that's in the inner man. A jubilee down on the inner man. See, God's people don't understand what a blessing it is to forgive. We want to hold on. We want to hold on. The whole foundation of our faith is based on forgiveness. Did you hear me? Our whole foundation of faith is based on forgiveness. Think about it. Now, I mean, let me give you something else to think about. Think about Jesus on the cross. Think. He was in pain. Great pain. Great drops of blood. I mean, somebody got... Uh, see, please don't think about the nails that you buy at Home Depot. Those are not the nails that was in his wrist or his feet. Big, thick nails. I mean, the, the nails like this. Going through. He was in great pain. How many of us have ever been afflicted by the pain of others? Every one of us have in some way. He was in great pain. 
And the point that I'm trying to make right now is he forgave while he was in pain. <laughs> Jesus forgave while he was in pain. He said, Father, forgive them. They know he had, he pulled himself up on the cross so he could breathe to get his lungs to get to enough air just to say, forgive them. They know not what they do. <laughs> I mean, that's a, and do you know how much pain and how much energy it took for him to just lift himself up all with blood gushing out, lift it up just to say, forgive them. While he was in pain, they know not what they do. Sometimes we are in, uh, offend people and don't even know it. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, you know what, you offend me. You're like, what? When? You don't even know it. Sometimes we just do it unknowingly. Sometimes we do it unknowingly. But nevertheless, we offend some people. Oh, I want us so bad to experience Jubilee and understand the mystery of Jubilee. And understand that it has nothing to do with money. And nothing to do with him canceling your debt. He's already, it was taken care of on the cross. You mean to tell me you'd rather him pay your charge cards off than to secure your spot in heaven to take every, take all of the pain that was due you? When you can work and pay your own bills. Oh. The mystery of Jubilee. The mystery of Jubilee. You need to make every attempt to do reconciliation for anyone. Why? Because the house of God, we need to live like God's people. Stop talking about living like it, but actually live like God's people. We need to practice Jubilee, even though Israel didn't. We need to practice Perpetual jubilee. Let's begin with us. See, we think that, that it has to be some. No, we can begin. Let's church of the living water. Let's begin with just us. Let's go and forgive. Go and forgive. Go and release people. It's the time of jubilee. You may have to live with an apology you never got. It's okay. You forgive. You forgive. Go make it right with somebody today. Wives, make things right with your husbands. Husband, make things right with your wives. Children, make things right with your parents. There's a beautiful thing with reconciliation. When I think about all the things he's forgiven me for, how can I? And you out there, you might be thinking, it's no way. You may have robbed something. You may have kidnapped someone. You may have murdered someone. You may have sold drugs, but I'm here to tell you God wants to forgive you. He's, he's already placed it in Jesus Christ. All you got to do is call upon that name. 
And you'll have the jubilee. Where He has forgiven you. You ought to want to say, thank you God, thank you God for forgiving me. Don't wait. Listen, Jesus forgave in pain. Don't don't wait till you feel good to forgive. Oh, I was just so hurt, but I'm still hurt. Forgive then, right there. Why you hurt? Well, I just gotta wait till I heal. No, forgive while you're in pain. Jesus showed us how. You'll never, ever be healed. Let me tell you, you keep that, well, it's still hurt. I just can't give until I hurt. You're not going to begin the healing until you forgive. Stop trying to wait till you stop hurting. Forgive while you're hurting. You can do that. Did you hear me? You can do that. You can forgive while you're hurting. Just say, you know what? I don't want to live like this. God, what Jesus have done for me, I understand Jubilee better. I understand that it's not about canceling my debt. But the debt was already canceled at the cross. And it was a debt that I could not pay. All these other debts I made, I can pay. I'm living in the here and now. And I understand what I need to do. And I need to do it. Did you hear me? Now, now, write this down. Write it down. In order to embrace the new, where God has taken us, you must forgive the old. In order to embrace the new, you must forgive the old. When you see another Christian that's failed, but has repented before God, then it's our responsibility to pick them up. Oh, oh, they hurt me so bad. You know, don't kick them while they're down. Pick them up. Write this down. When you carry the weight of unforgiveness of yesterday, it'll ruin the power of today and the progress of tomorrow. I'll say it again. When you carry the weight of unforgiveness, it ruins the power of today and the progress of tomorrow. You need to get your eyes forward. God has a plan for you to go ahead. God said, look, look up. It's time to move forward. Put down every weight that so easily beset you. Put down all of that unforgiveness at the foot of the cross. That's where the jubilee is. Put it there. Say, I'm going to put it there, Lord, and I'm letting it stay. And the final things I want you to write down that must happen if you're going to be prepared to forgive, if you're going to be prepared for God's next move. Number one, repentance. Always repentance. And repentance means the purification process of becoming holy without blemish by the Lord for His move. I'll say it again. Repentance. Purification process of becoming holy Without blemish by the Lord for His move. Number two, I must have alignment. Alignment. How, what do I mean by alignment? You must be in a place of hearing the true voice of God. Sanctified truth. 
that calls for more sanctification from us. Alignment. A place of hearing the true voice of God. Sanctified truth that calls for more sanctification from us. Number three, preservation. Preservation. Where your hearts are established in the truth of God's Word. See, that's how you preserve yourself. Let your heart be established in the truth of God's Word. Let your heart be established in the truth of God. That's preservation. Number four, preparation, which is where we are. Your heart overflowing with the living truth. A place of manifesting and bearing fruit. See, that's what preparation do. I'll say it again. Preparation. Your heart overflowing with the living truth. A place of manifesting and bearing fruit. Are you with me? Number five. Then and only then you'll be able to rise as wall builders in the army of God. Rise as wall builders in the army of God. And last but not least, number six. Then... Church of the Living Water, we will have kingdom impact. Kingdom impact. We are not perfect. We're not perfect beings. Mistakes can happen by any of us. We understand that. When mistakes happen, it's important that we realize, admit our mistakes. Admit them. We admit our mistakes when they hurt someone else. And they expect that you ask for an apology. Listen, this is what you have to understand. An apology does not, listen, does not change what has already happened. But guess what it acts as? It acts as a dressing for that wound. It acts as a dressing for that wound. And that's when you begin to heal. That's all it does. It doesn't mean, oh, they didn't do it. No, no, it doesn't. It, that's not what apologies are for. It acts as a dressing for the wound and begins the healing. See, the one that view, the, the one that gets hurt views apology as an admittance to your mistake. Sometimes it takes too long for us to admit. It, you know, it, it makes them feel that they're not important and that their pain doesn't mean anything. No. Admit and keep it going. Apologize. Forgive within your heart. If you made a mistake, admit it to yourself first. The longer you don't, all it does is delay the apology. But the whole person must be submitted to God. You got to be submitted to God. In any small part of you that's not committed to God and submitted to God, it's going to corrupt the whole thing. You're going to find a reason not to forgive. 
don't let it corrupt it. Because you know what that what that does? It's called hypocrisy. When you don't let it work. See, it's hypocrisy to display an outwardly uh, resentment only without a submission inwardly. Did you hear me? That's hypocrisy. To display it in front of people outwardly, but the resentment inwardly you're submitted to. Mm -mm. We can't do that. If we don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will our Father in Heaven forgive us our trespasses. We don't want that. We don't need that. We don't have to have that. We have to come to a place where we understand that. We understand that Jubilee, Father, you are, you, you've already forgiven me of the debt. I won't hold anyone in bondage. You never know how many people that you hold in bondage. That's what the, that, 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 when he was giving the example, he said, he put, put him in prison. That owed me a dollar twenty-nine. Want to put him in bondage. After you've been forgiven. See, every time you want to hold something against someone, <coughs> ask yourself, is this bigger than what God forgave me from? Because any time that you don't, that's what you're telling God. God, I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't forgive them. Not after what they did. I'm sorry, God. I know what Jesus did at the cross, but that's, it's, what they did is bigger than that. That's what you're saying. Oh, no, I would never say that. Well, do you have somebody in your life that you haven't forgiven? Because that's exactly what you're saying. If you haven't forgiven him. Now, see, a lot of times we think forgiving means, oh, okay, everything. Things might not be the same. That don't have any, it's a heart condition. It has to do with forgiving and freeing yourself and people from the bondage. I hold nothing against you. One way that you can always tell if you haven't forgiven is when you see that person. Does it always come back up? What they did? You got to resist against that and say, no, I won't participate. I've forgiven them. Then you have to tell the enemy, every time I see this person or persons and that feeling come up, you know what? I'm just going to go give them a big, the biggest hug ever. I'm going to tell you, you'll find, you'll almost think you have dementia. The enemy will let you forget so fast because he's like, I don't need you hugging on them. I want you to show some attitude. So you need to tell him, every time that you try to bring up what they did when I see them, I'm just going to give them the biggest, tightest hug and love on them. I'm going to drive this thing away. That's how serious I am about Jubilee. Why? Because God has called me to it. He t did you know, did you see how he brought them right back into Jubilee when he said, God, well, how often shall I forgive them? About seven times, right? That, that, that's good enough. He brought them right back to it. He said, no, well, I didn't tell you that. Don't try to give me something to sanction. And we're right into teaching him. Right into teaching. The biggest debt that was ever paid was that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. 
We were on our way to hell with nothing we could do. We could not pay the debt. I don't care how good your morals would be. I don't care how many you love people. I don't care how much you give to the poor. I don't care how much tax cuts you get off because you've given. I don't care if you walk around all day and give to every, or you ride around all day and give to everybody standing on the corner. You still would hit hell. Because of sin. And the only one capable of doing that was Jesus. Well, he's the only one would. Hey, scarcely a man to die for you. Or even claim they'll die for you. But he took care of it. And freed us. So every time that I feel anger towards someone, or I feel like they've done me wrong, my mindset has to go to that, Father, you forgave me, so I'm going to let this go. Because if I don't, I'm good. this is going to interfere with our relationship. And nothing can get done with that. You're not going to do it. And Father, I'm subject to trespass. And I don't need unforgiveness because you won't forgive me because I'm walking in unforgiveness. I'm going to need, when I call upon you, if I trespass or when I trespass, I need you to be able to forgive me. And I know you won't if I won't. You told me in your word. If you will not forgive, neither will I. And, and in the example, he said, you did, you wouldn't forgive him. He said, throw him in. After I forgave, you throw him in. I won't forgive you. So, I made up in my mind, in every aspect, to perpetually live in Jubilee. I don't care what you've done. You know, it used to be a problem for me. I think about different things that people said or done to my my founding pastor and everything, and I just kind of want to hold on to it and everything like that. God said, no way, no how. Your husband is up here saying, she better cut that out now. I can do that. You can do that. All you got to do is say, Father, this is going to mess up my relationship with you. Stop thinking about just the people. This is a heart issue. This is a heart issue. Father, my heart has to be right with you. My heart has to be right with you at all times. Because then you leave room for him to work in your life. If, let me tell you, if it's stagnant in your life and things are going, not going like you wanted to, check that. That's the first place you check. First place you check, right there. Who am I at odds with? And let me tell you, you do not have to think that hard. I promise. You, let's be honest. Every one of us right now, if you've had unforgiveness over it, you didn't have to think that hard. No, no, no. Let me see. Let, no, uh-uh. No. No. You know if you have. Now, this I have decided a few years ago to do because God has been dealing with me about every area of my life. I watch my husband operate in that. And I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. I can do it. 
That's why I want you to know. That's why I'm not influenced about anything that you say about someone to me. I'm not influenced by it. Because I'm going to walk in this forgiveness. I don't care what anyone has said about me. You don't have to tell me. I don't care. Because I'm going to walk in forgiveness. And if they, and if I do hear it, and if I do know it, I'm still going to forgive. I have to. My very life depends on it. My relationship with God depends on it. I don't care what you think. Oh, man, I can't believe she's back, she's back with her. She's back talking to her. She's back. He's back talking to him. Oh, man, they weak. I don't care what you think. God said that's my strength. And God is saying that's your strength. Put it at the foot of the cross. Right where you are right now. I challenge you. I know, I know, it's not easy. I know, I know you, because let me tell you, if for every word that I'm saying, the devil is, he's double-timing it in your head, why you shouldn't? He's double-timing it in your head. Let me tell you, he has no new tricks. He's telling you why you shouldn't. He's bringing you back to whatever incident that caused that. He's bringing you right there to keep you where you are. But God just told you, if you don't, I won't. That's where you've been missing it all along. That's where you've been in sin all along. And even though you've been asking for forgiveness, but you have not been forgiven, I don't care how much, I don't care how much something that happened and you think that it's God. If you have not walked in forgiveness, He has not forgiven you. You are His people. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to believers. Fellow servants. I don't care. Listen, I don't care who you vote for. I'm still going to love you. I don't care if we see differently or something. I'm not. Ooh, I, mm, 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 no, I, I, still, I still love you. If you say something about what I did, it does not matter. I'm going to love you. Why? Because my relationship with God is more important than a dollar twenty-nine. Because for me, everything else that will prevent me from forgiving, that's how much it's worth to me. I'm going to use that to the day I die. Every situation that comes up, everything that comes up, and many things will come up, but I'm going to count it as a dollar twenty-nine. And is it worth for what God does? See, when I think of it like that, it's trash. I'm not going to do that. And watch God move in your life. Watch God. Some of you, just for today, when you actually make that move, while you're in pain, and you, 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 you take the challenge that I've given you, and you call the person, or you met with the person, and you've forgiven them from your heart, and you, and you want to make reconciliation, I'm going to tell you, you're going to see results. God's going to start working immediately, because you've done the will of God. That you've heard his voice. You have listened attentively, submitted fully, and conformed completely. Just like that. Own it. Just own it. Right now, own it. Don't let anybody take it from you. Own it. I don't care what they did. Oh, no. Uh-uh. I don't want to have nothing to do. God said, no. 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 That's not who I called you to be. Perpetual Jubilee. 
perpetual jubilee amongst his people. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.